The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey everyone, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 4 of Garthology. We took a little break from looking at the Chris Gaines songs so that we could hold our special Garth birthday party episode. Now we'll get back to the life of Chris Gaines and continue that discussion in today's episode. We're up to songs 7, 8, and 9. A quick refresher for those that may not know who Chris Gaines is. The character of Chris Gaines was created by Garth Brooks, and this supposed greatest hits album was released as a segue into filming a movie about the life of a fictitious rock star named Chris Gaines. Unfortunately, the movie never happened, which left the public confused about why there was a greatest hits album for a person that didn't exist, which was really a sad turn of events for Garth as far as I'm concerned. Because here you have a really super talented artist, and he's very popular in one specific genre, country, that is stepping outside of his comfort zone and trying something completely different than the box he was normally in. And I say good for him. It's a really good album that got lost in the confusion of the Chris Gaines character. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, I will always wonder how this album would have done if there hadn't been that confusion. And as I mentioned before, I would love to hear how you all think this album would have done if the confusion didn't happen or if it hadn't been tied to Garth's name. So don't forget to send us your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. Now let's continue our review of Chris Gaines' greatest hits. Jess, what do you have for song seven? Song number seven is It Don't Matter to the Sun. Cause it don't matter to the sun okay. But it matters to me It ain't gonna stop the world If you walk out It Don't Matter to the Sun was written by Gordon Kennedy, Wayne Kirkpatrick, and Tommy Sims. According to the liner notes, Chris Gaines' dad loved this song, and when his dad passed away, he recorded it for his mom because she didn't have anyone to sing it to her anymore. It was written by fictitious songwriter Ramey Sellers, which clearly it wasn't because it was written by Gordon Kennedy, Wayne Kirkpatrick, and Tommy Sims. This song to me just sounds like Garth more than a lot of the other songs on this album. It's acoustic and slow and it's just gutting somehow. The lyrics are brilliant. I would have picked this as the more likely single than Lost in You personally. I love this one and of the two, it would have been my choice. And interestingly enough, when I was looking at that, this was the B-side of Lost in You. 
Oh. Wow. So I just would have reversed those. I might have been wrong about that because according to the numbers, Lost in You did better. However, Lost in You got the radio push that It Don't Matter to the Sun didn't. So had it gotten the same attention, I think it might have done just as well. This is a song that's a mood, though. The lyrics say, it don't matter to the sun, but it matters to me. Talking about someone leaving or being gone from your life. It says things like, it ain't going to stop the world, but it'll be the end of mine. Those are powerful words, especially if someone's directing them at you. And when someone close to you dies, it feels like the whole world should stop and grieve with you, but they don't. And I always am struck by that whenever I lose someone in my life. And this song makes me think of that, whether a death or just a loss, but how you really are alone in that. Nobody feels it the way you feel it. How about you, Pete? What do you what do you think about this song? What did you get from it? Yeah, I absolutely just love, love, love this song. Um, it's such a good song. It's got a really cool tempo. And the lyrics just fit right into the tempo of the music. Uh, I love how there is so much sounding Garth to this song. Like you mentioned, you know, you could hear a lot of Garth in it. Uh, the story, it it seems like it's a beautiful story, but I, I just didn't know how to express what I or how I felt listening to it. And then while I was doing research, I saw somewhere that somebody explained this song. This song is so beautifully sad. And I was like, that's it. That's exactly how this song makes me feel. It's a beautiful song, but so, so sad. And just like you were saying, you know, as far as losing somebody and how you grieve with it or how you feel, I think, you know, how everybody, you know, let's a certain somebody or, you know, somebody close to you, you all know the same person, you lose that person and everybody, you know, they're sad or however the thing is, but everybody each has their own individual relationship maybe with that person. So it's going to hit them a little different. They're going to grieve a little different than everybody else, or your feelings are going to be a little bit more or a little bit less towards that. So I have to agree with that, but I just, um, I love this so beautifully sad song. I, I really do. How about you, Aunt Deb? I love it too. I think it's a great song. Um, like Jess said, it's absolutely Garth to me too. I mean, yeah, it's on Chris's album, but dang, Garth sounds so freaking great in this song that I actually want it to be a Garth Brooks song. Yeah. Like his voice is so smooth and rich and the music is so good. I just wish that Garth Brooks would put this song out. (laughs) Uh, The lyrics just grab my heart and squeeze. I mean, this narrator, and it's funny hearing you guys talk about grief and loss, because for me, I saw the narrator as trying desperately to get his the woman in his life, the love of his life to stay. Even if her staying doesn't matter to the son, it does matter to him. And her leaving would be the end of his world. And I didn't even think about it from a grief perspective. Like that absolutely works. So Now, the next time I listen to it, it's going to be a totally different concept for me. And I love that because thinking about the lyrics, I can see how that absolutely fits. For me, this probably sounds like the most country song on the whole album. And like I said, I think it absolutely could be released by Garth Brooks right now. Or even, you know, in the past, I think it would have fit on Fresh Horses or Rope in the Wind or any of those albums. It would have been a perfect fit. And I would love to hear him sing this live. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I would too. 
what a song to go on Lost Sessions or something like that, huh? Like, yeah. just one of those. Fantastic. An acoustic version. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's all we have for song number seven. So we're going to move along to song number eight. And Pete has song number eight. So what do you got for us, Pete? Yep, yep, yep. Song number eight of the album is Right Now. Maybe it's a high school's, maybe it's a teacher's tattoos, pipe bombs underneath the bleachers. Maybe it's some music, maybe it's a crack, maybe it's the Bible, or could it be the lack? Come on, people now, smile on the brother, everybody get Right Now was written by Cheryl Wheeler and Chet Powers. Right Now was released in 1999 as a single, but it did not pink on any of the charts that I saw. The track Right Now samples the chorus of the Youngblood's 1969 hit Get Together. Now, when I listened to the song in the beginning, I'm going to be honest, I was like, what are we listening to? And then it hit that chorus. I was like, oh, I know that song. I was like, where'd that come from? And so when I was doing the research and I was looking at it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and, and I got to be honest, like when I first heard the opening verse, I was like, heck no. Like, what are we listening to? This is a guy trying to rap or something. But then it got to the chorus comes on. I was like, OK, hold on a second. This could get real good because I knew it at that point. And I liked the mixture between the two. Um, I listened to the music a few times and I was really invested in the lyrics. As soon as I heard Try to Love One Another Right Now, Right Now, I knew that this song had some meaning to Garth and it really meant something to him. Then I read the liner notes and he said that he came up with this idea for a song while watching the news and all of the serious acts of violence and things going on in the world. At that time, he joined the current events of the 90s with the give peace a chance theme of the 60s. He knew at that point with a no win, no matter what we lose attitude, that it was going to kill us all. And he asked us then, like he always asks us now, please just love one another. And I thought to myself, wow, like that just love one another. It this has been going on for a long time, you know, with Garth, like that's been a message that he's, that he has, uh, you know, put out to us for, for a very long time. You know, I, the lyrics and the, in the current events and all that, I'd be honest with you, you know, back in the nineties when all this was going on, I was young, I wasn't paying attention to the stuff that, you know, was happening, but listening to the song now and, and everything that it was, a uh, there are a lot of powerful, powerful things said in this song with the lyrics and, you know, he mentions things that some would be like, whoa, like who in their right mind would put these words into lyrics of a song and then put it out. And uh, it reminded me of what we talked about on the last episode of the Chris Gaines, where, you know, you take this artist who put these songs out over a long period of time and what was going on at that time there and how much of those lyrics then are still relevant today. I, I was I was in shock by it. And I thought that the song has a wonderful message behind it. It was a little hard to get into. But once I did, and I listened to it, and I understood that I read the liner notes, very, very powerful for that time. And even to this day, um, it's a song you can learn a lot from. So that's what I got from it. How about you, Aunt Deb? I really love right now the music in it. Um, I love the chorus, which like you said, the sampling from the Young Bloods get together. I already knew that original and I loved it. So having that sampling on right now helps me enjoy this song more than if it didn't have it. I think the spoken word delivery on the verses is 
really different for Garth. Yeah. But I understand the points that he's highlighting in those lyrics. So I applaud him for trying to bring those issues to light, especially like Pete mentioned back then, because that was really something that wasn't necessarily put into mainstream music. And so I applaud him for that and for encouraging all of us, like Pete said, to love one another right now, which is big for Garth. So I really love that. I love that that verse is in there. But honestly, the spoken word part is a struggle for me to get through. And it doesn't have anything to do with the sentiment behind the lyrics, because I think, like Pete said, that's really powerful. It's just the song, the differences in the the music between the chorus and the lyrics. Those differences are almost jarring to me when I listen to it. So it's difficult for me. I, I have a tough time hearing them together because in my head, they just don't blend. And so that's where I struggle. Um, that And then the, the continuous, maybe it's this, maybe it's that in the verses is kind of repetitive. And so I don't get engaged in that past the first few times. After that, I kind of like, yeah, it's the same. It's the same. So I wish they were just a little bit different each time and and maybe just something about that spoken word thing. But I really like the music. I love the sentiment in the song. So it's not my favorite song on the album, but like I said, I applaud the sentiment and the lyrics. And I think that Garth was doing something that was important to him. And so that I will always appreciate him for that. What about you, Jess? I just remember that when this album came out, it was because he talked about like watching the violence on TV and, you know, everything. And I graduated in 1999. So I kind of have that time like you do, like the end of high school kind of stuck in your head. And I just remember all those happening. And a, it was pre 9-11. So part of me is like, you have no idea. You had no idea what was coming. But also this was the time of like Columbine and a lot of upheaval in that way. So there was a lot in the news and there was a lot, not that there's not always something, but specifically at that time, those are the things that are in my mind. As far as the song, it's extremely non-country. So it's as far kind of to the other end of the spectrum as the last song is, as you can be probably. Um, but I, I love the percussive pop opening. It is like you talked about, it's more spoken than sung, but I like the transition to the melody of the chorus. I like that it breaks it up that way. And then the, the music is this kind of rhythmic staccato music. And then the chorus comes in as a song, very much a song, like a Garth cover of a song we all already knew and loved. The lyrics I think are very kind of politically extreme for definitely for country music, but since this, you know, was such a different kind of step away from what he normally did, maybe an outlet to do that. But it was interesting to me because it says things like, maybe it's the Bible or could it be the lack? Maybe it's the president. Maybe it's the last one. Maybe it's the one before that. Maybe it's the homeless aliens, immigrants. There's a lot of things in there. A lot of things that just, even though it doesn't really give it a opinion about any of those things, just throwing them out there. Like you can see people's hackles raised. Definitely now, but as well then. But it's funny to me because listening to the song, I don't think any of those represent Garth or even Chris's opinions. For one thing, they often conflict. It's like different sides of maybe this, maybe that. But I think the verses represent more the chatter 
of sort of every man looking for reasons, looking for blame. And it's the chorus, the breaking through all that, that's Garth or Chris kind of saying, it doesn't matter. Just love one another. That would solve 90% of the problems. And I like that. I like that it kind of stops and goes to this whole other thing. It sounds different. It feels different. And it breaks up all the maybe, maybe, maybe. Like you said, it is very repetitive. But I think it's repetitive in the way that those opinions sometimes bog everyone down and beat everyone down. And then there's this light that kind of comes through that's like, Mm. don't do that. (laughs) Do this. That's a really good way of looking at it to be like, here's all the bad stuff and it's in that weird kind of sound, Mm -hmm. but then the light is over here and that's in the chorus. Yeah. That appeals to me a lot. I like that you said that. There's a line that's spoken that says, it's kind of toward the end, but it says, you know, if we don't talk about it, it ain't going to get better. So what do you say? Let's talk. And I like the way that it's delivered. But I like that. I like that the song is kind of saying that in general, let's talk about these things. And then let's say, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If you would do this, if you would love each other, if you'd figure it out, those things wouldn't matter. And then I love the part that says, at the very end, maybe it's the future, maybe it's the end, because literally, that's the end of the song. And I was like, well, that was clever to end it that way. Um, Yeah, but I like it. Overall, I do. um, Like I said, I've already said I love every song on the album and I love this one too, but it is very, very different. I will will definitely give you that. (laughs) All right. Well, that does it for song number eight. Deb, what do you got for us next? The ninth song on Garth's Life of Chris Gaines album is Main Street. Tomorrow stopped coming with Main Street was written by Gordon Kennedy, Wayne Kirkpatrick, and Trisha Yearwood. It was not released as a single, so no chart peaks for this one. And I have to tell you, I'm going to just give my review right at the top. I think this song is fantastic. I've heard Garth mention that Trisha is a wonderful songwriter, and this song really makes me want to hear more songs written by her. The lyrics are so good. This song about small-town boredom is perfectly captured in the lyrics right from the start. It says, One blinking light off and on, blood of life in this town is gone, lost all its pieces but the pawn, tomorrow stopped coming with the dawn. I just love that. Like, right from the beginning, I love it. I love the music. Like I said, I love the lyrics. I think Chris's vocals are so fantastic. And the entire thing is very reminiscent of Bob Dylan, which I love. I think without a doubt, this is my favorite song on the whole album. And I know this is Chris Gaines. That's why I said Chris's vocals. However, this is another one of those that sounds like Garth to me. And I honestly think he could release this song today under the name Garth Brooks 
and it would be a chart topper. It's just so freaking good. And honestly, I'm going to say it again. Trisha's writing is fantastic. And this song convinced me that I think Trisha should write a song for Mr. Yearwood because it would be a smash. And I want that song written today. I want it recorded today. I want him to release it today. I also want him to release Main Street today. (laughs) So I cannot be happier with this song. And I'm going to send it over to Jess because I have a feeling she likes it as well. Well, I truly think this is my favorite song on the whole album. Yes. It's hard for me to choose because I do love them all, but when pressed, this is it. I love this song so much. Somebody out there tell me though, because I for years was so excited that Trisha's name was on this song and I was like, oh, she has a songwriting credit. And I know she has a couple of other ones, um, but she doesn't record her own writing usually. And so I was so excited about this. And then I swear I heard in an interview, read somewhere, something that it was kind of like a, they were like, oh, we'll, we'll give you a, we'll give you your name on there. Like it was a small part or like she had a, a, an idea for something. I don't remember what the thing was, but basically like they were, they gave her the writing credit and she was like, you know. Oh, oh, now I want to know that. Right. I cannot remember. So somebody out there knows what I'm talking about and has heard the story. I'm sure. So if you if you know what I'm talking about or know where that writing credit came from or um, what article interview where I'm f- pulling this from, please tell us because I can't remember. Yep. I want to know. And I would absolutely love to be wrong because I was very happy about that for years. And then I feel like I remember being like, oh, okay. Per the liner notes, Chris Gaines had a high school friend who always talked about getting out of their small town and he never did. And then one night after a concert, Chris asked him why he'd never left. And he said he was afraid if he left and didn't become a success, he could never go back. And he wrote a song from that conversation called In My Dreams that later became Main Street, which again, I feel like is such a detail that it had a different name and then it became something else. And I'm like, God, it had so much work put into it. Oh, that didn't ever happen. (laughs) Didn't ever come to anything yet. Peter, I hear you thinking it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, from the opening to the closing basically I'm in the zone I love this song and every time it plays usually I don't have it on a playlist because I'm usually just listening to the album but every time this song comes on on it I drop absolutely everything and listen to it I usually skip it back and listen to it again before I let it play and then you know because I usually let the album play a couple times too. I do the same thing when it comes around the second or maybe third time, depending on what I'm doing. Um, it feels like a Tom Petty feel to me. Like it has that Ooh, kind of a, yeah. 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 You feel that? Yeah. I also wrote the same lyric you did the one light blinking off and on the blood of life in this town is gone. And again, from the very beginning, I feel that I identify with it. You guys know that I grew up in a small town. So it reminds me of my hometown. I took Deb there a few years ago, whenever I moved back home and and she visited here and it literally, technically I think we had two stoplights, but it was still very, (laughs) um, I grew up in a very small Northeastern Oklahoma town and it was an oil boom town originally in the early 1900s, like 1910, 1920. So by the time I was growing up there in the nineties, the population had gone down to like 3000 people. And it was just the picture of small town life. And I have great memories of growing up there, but 
our lives really did kind of revolve around Main Street. There wasn't a lot else going on. So on a Friday or Saturday night, you were seeing what everybody was doing down on Main Street and you knew what everyone was doing down on Main Street. And uh, everyone's parents usually also knew whatever was happening on Main Street. And uh, it just always, always will remind me of that. But I think even if it didn't, I would love the song because I think everyone can identify with the feel of it anyway. It's not an especially happy song. There's a line that says, things don't work out like they should. It ain't for better, but it's for good. That's very final and, you know, and not a happy thought necessarily, but I still love it. Sometimes you just love something that puts you in that mood, even when it's not the thing to lift you up. It doesn't necessarily bring me down either, though. It's just kind of a good cruising song or if you're, you know, cleaning, if you're working on something, you can have it up in the house. I think it works for a lot of occasions in that way. I um, There's another line in that says, I went to LA with a friend of mine just to see what it was all about. And it's fitting even for my life because I spent almost a decade living in Southern California. And so, but I loved this song way back in 1999 when it first came out and I never knew I was going to ever live in California. So it's just, I identify with it personally in a lot of ways, but I did come back to Oklahoma, not my small town, but it makes me wonder if Chris Gaines's buddy would have come home too eventually. Eventually. It is possible to come home. Yeah. yeah. You can is. come home again. You can come home. Although there is a part of California that will always be home for you too. This is true. <laughs> so what about you, Pete? You think you can go home again? What do you think about this song? Yeah, you know, I definitely, I mean, I, you know, I've seen people leave and, 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 you know, go experiment and come back and, you know, it always seems that home is, but as far as the thoughts go, a lot of what you guys said here, and, and Jess, you know, you talked about how the song, you know, kind of you drop everything that you're doing. And, you know, one of the notes that I had here is listening to the song, I was mesmerized by it. Like it grabbed my attention and I listened to it over and over and over again. And I thought, what a great song it is. Like what a good story. And, you know, you talk about a small town, you know, one stoplight, so on and so forth. For whatever reason, when I was younger, I went on a trip with my stepfather's family and they took my brother and I up to Lompoc and I had never been there and what a small town that is and for whatever reason the minimal amount of memories I have of that trip this song made me remember that and oh, I don't know funny. why and it, it like it also kind of like reminds me of my uncle Paul's town up in in Utah it's weird how those lyrics and the story behind it just kind of grabbed me and placed me in those spots while I was listening to it. So I thought that that was pretty cool. I did have some notes here on the story uh, that he tells about that buddy. You know, you always seem to have that friend that, you know, has bigger and better plans, but for those bigger and better plans to happen, you know, they got to pick up everything that they're doing here right now. And, you know, it's got to be done somewhere else and, and how he came, you know, with the story uh, that he changed the, the name of the song and how it got its name, you know, now uh, Main Street. I, I, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was well-written. And um, again, one of those ones that, you know, I think could could have went on Lost Sessions or something like that. And it, it would have done really, really well, whether it was, uh, you know, Chris Gaines and this whole thing did like what it was supposed to and or Garth Brooks. I, I thought it was real good. Loved it. Yep. That's a great song. My favorite. Yep. We haven't even covered the other ones, but I'm already saying my favorite. <laughs> All right, that wraps up Main Street and the episode where we've covered the seventh, eighth, and ninth songs on the album Garth Brooks in the Life of Chris Gaines. Now let's go over to Pete for a shout out to one of our newest Garthologists. Shout outs. Yep, this week's shout out goes to Lee Huffling. 
We like that you are new to the podcast and we have your attention and we love that you enjoyed the Jimmy Mattingly episode. Yes, we do plan on getting back to spotlighting the band and others to spotlight everybody that's involved with the G crew, the G band and everybody else that helps this whole you know thing get on down the road. So stay tuned. We will get to them and we hope that you enjoy them. Thank you so much for the support. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee. Have you checked out our website at Garthology.com yet? If not, stop by today and check out our past episodes and bonus content. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure and leave us a review, as it's been a while since our last one. And if you can, do a quick write-up that will encourage others to listen as well. Plus, you can share us with everyone you know. That way you can help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. And speaking of friends in low places, if you guys are on social media and you use the Facebook, you can find us at www.facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you spice it up a little bit, go to Instagram or Twitter. We are at GarthologyCast there. We do appreciate all the likes, the tweets, the retweets, all the mentions, any direct messages, any way that you guys could interact with us on our social medias. We thoroughly enjoy it. So please, please, please continue to do so. And we will see and talk to you guys there. Thank you so much for the support. Join us for our next episode of Garthology. That will be season four, episode five. Until then. This has been season four, episode four of Garthology. And I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Uh, Finally. Oh no, it did say loved. Okay. Now I, I'm I'm following what I wrote now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do that same thing. Like I said, the lyrics are fantastic. I think really he's gonna play with this squeaky toy <laughs> I now. Saw, just looked at Bo and I was like, well, at least it was Bo, and then Aunt Deb stopped and I was like, well, that was weird. It's the dog. Like, no, really? You have to do a squeaky toy now, buddy. <laughs> You have to do your squeaky now. Can you just chew on your bone that doesn't squeak? Okay.